Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast. This is a podcast based on the Korean saying, if you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole. I'm Youngmi Mayer. And on each episode, I like to have a guest on to share a sad story. And then we try to laugh about it and make hair grow out of our buttholes. But this week, I'm coming to you by myself again. I know last week I did this too. Because I did have a few interviews lined up. But I kind of felt like... This was a weird time to sort of uh, have interviews because I have a lot of thoughts and I'm spiraling alone in my bedroom, like alone, always. And I thought that I I would want to, I thought that I wanted to get some thoughts off my chest. And, you know, I have this idea that when things are hard, that's the time you need humor the most. So I was kind of torn between being like, well, you know, it's my job as a comedian to like be fun, even though this podcast is rarely funny. <laughs> I was like, maybe it's my job to act like business as usual. But I think the world is in like a weird place right now. And I think that some, that some things really need to be touched on. And so I thought I would do an episode where I just sort of touch on my political beliefs and the reason for that is because I think in this day and age, if you have any sort of like public facing platform, it is your responsibility to make sure that people who support you know where you stand on things, which is very different than, you know, a traditional somebody that was like public facing or back in the old days, like a celebrity. <coughs> <coughs> My body just rejected me trying to call myself a celebrity. Um, you know, like a traditional celebrity, you would never know how they felt about anything and they were sort of quiet and mysterious but we're moving into this new world where you sort of people want to know that so they know that they're not accidentally supporting someone that's you know believes in uh that armpit hair is offensive or something you know so i thought it was part of my responsibility to just be really open about it just a disclaimer though i am not like a prof professional person and none of this should be taken as like you learning information from wh what I'm saying. I'm just coming at it, uh, my political beliefs and things like that from a place of why I came to think the way that I do based on what I've gone through in my life. And uh, just another disclaimer, this isn't going to really be about specifically Israel or Palestine, it might come up in the conversation. But I just thought that this was a good time to just sort of check in because I don't think I've ever fully openly just discuss where I stand. Oh, what was I? I was going to say something too. Shit. What was I going to say? Oh, I actually I was going to say that um, the whole idea of what I wanted to start with before I get to, you know, the reasons why I think I have like a specific belief system uh, when it, as it pertains to like politics is this whole idea actually that people that are public facing, you know, in any uh, level up to celebrities, the, the idea that their voices should be taken with any sort of 
uh, gravity or weight more than another person, I think is fucking ridiculous. And I just want to start there by saying nobody should base their beliefs on what fucking Taylor Swift thinks. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's a ridiculous thing that is a huge part of every culture in the world for some reason. And sometimes it's good because it's like, yeah, this person with a huge platform is spreading awareness. And and I've seen how much good it can do, especially, you know, being Korean and seeing how literally the BTS army can shift, you know, shift ideas that are harmful and unjust. But, but, but also like, no disrespect to BTS, but should we really (laughs) depend on them to figure out the correct thing to believe? Like, I just feel like it's ridiculous. And, um, like I said, it, it is, a, it can be a powerful tool for good, but I think in the same way, it is a very powerful tool for not good. And especially in America, we've seen it really cause a lot of harm. You know, if you think of, <laughs> this is almost, it's not funny, but it is funny. If you think of all the presidents, the former presidents and high government officials that were former celebrities and kind of went came into office because of their celebrity power and and like to see how how much they harmed the american public it's breathtaking right of course we have donald trump who basically came into power because he was a reality tv star you know he that's what he was known for without that past he would have never gone been in office right but people saw him on their television screens once a week for years and that led to people finding him endearing and voting him into office and we're still he might fucking come back you know like how fucked up is that like why would why would anybody think that just because somebody's on tv they they need to be listened to but, you know, not not just Trump, but like Ronald Reagan, famously probably the worst president of all time, you know, caused the crack epidemic, uh, caused the neglected the HIV crisis was the cause of a lot of fucking people dying because of that uh, uh, trickle down economic. My God, uh, what has wh- the, everything that's gone bad? is because of Ronald Reagan. And people voted for that man because he was in fucking movies. Like he read scripts and said dialogue into a camera. And that's why people thought he was important to listen to. Like that idea is just so fucking harmful. And there's a recent, um, there's a recent incident that happened that I think about all the time. And it's, it pertains to a stand-up comedian, which I think is really important to talk about as a stand-up comedian. There, I don't know, like recently, you know, like in the last 10, 20 years, there's been this shift. I, I mean, I guess it started longer than that. There's been this shift into thinking that stand-up comedians are somehow very intelligent and intelligently, like way more advanced than the regular person. But as a stand-up comedian, I want to tell you that the way that stand-up comedians talk on stage is manipulative. It's it's a art form, 
And it's a skill that we are taught and we learn how to say things in this way where you will start to agree with us or think that we are right as a setup to a joke, right? And I think a lot of stand-up comedians, once they sort of gain that skill, use that really fucking manipulatively in this horrible way and you see really dire outcomes. And the recent, the most recent um, example I can think of is, you know, when Dave Chappelle had that transphobic joke, I don't even remember how long, it was probably like seven years ago now. And, you know, he said it, and right around it was right around the time where trans rights were finally coming into the spotlight, you know, on the American like mass media stage. And we were finally turning the turning the um, really disgusting hatred that uh, most people have against trans people and correcting that. And you would see on TV, like, people stopped doing the, like, oh, there's a guy in a dress jokes and the blatantly homophobic and transphobic jokes that were such a big part of American culture were finally starting to be, like, called out. And literally, like, a solid year or two after people started being way more open-minded and realizing how much harm they were doing with their transphobic, casual transphobia, is when Dave Chappelle released this special and he had a transphobic joke and... The backlash was severe, you know, rightfully so. People were like, no, we're not doing this anymore. We're not being transphobic anymore. But then because of his skill as a, uh, like his, was his orator, is that a word? His his skill as like a stand-up comedian, he said it in this way that was very, uh, very, like you you believed him, you know? And so a lot of people backed him up. And in my mind, I think that's that was the catalyst that started this intense, like, alt-right incel. And I, I don't know if it's incels, but like, alt-right, like, QAnon, uh, conspiracy f- fringe group that now has infiltrated mainstream media. And, you know, now every time somebody sees a drag queen, they, it, it, like, say that they're a groomer and... And like that sort of like paranoid, like uh, (laughs) hysteria, this homophobic, transphobic hysteria was literally ignited by the reaction to that one stand up bit, you know, like five or seven years ago or whatever it was. And like, I, I feel like all of us saw that happening in real time. Right. He had this joke. People were like, no, that's not acceptable. The backlash to the backlash was, fuck you, we hate trans people. And here we are, uh, every time a drag queen posts anything, somebody calls him a groomer, right? Like, I I really think that uh, this idea that people with a public platform are respected, like their word is respected above everyone else is is very harmful. And, you know, I, I really think that if if anyone's this is so weird because I'm like you're you're listening to me because I'm a stand-up comedian but I'm like don't I'm like literally telling you not to listen to me but you know it's just like I I think it's fine to listen to the opinions of anybody you know whether they're a actor or a musician or whatever but you have to like just sort of like have this personal basis and belief system that you can counter right you can't just fall for any, anything that they say because a lot of them are taught this skill including me the skill to to say things in a way that will alter the way that you think. 
it's it's, it is really funny that i'm saying that while i'm like literally like but keep listening to this episode though because i'm going to tell you some things um but you know yeah like even me if i say something and you don't fucking believe it i'm i'm so happy that that like if i say something and you don't agree i am so happy for you that 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 is like something that you're able to see and you know that's great I, I just want you to know where i stand so you you can see for yourself if you agree with me or not um and oh just like one last thing about the stand-up comedian thing i don't know why the stand-up comedian people are so respected now i think it's because if i had to guess i think like back in the old days there were there were several very intelligent stand-up comedians like george carlin right like he's extremely smart and just way more intelligent than the average politician like he was speaking you know like the truth and i think there's been like this uh, belief that every stand-up comedian that came after him were in this uh headspace of like intellectual superiority but i i just don't think that's true for a lot of people a lot of stand-up comedians don't even like read about the subjects that they're talking about and, and i don't think like dave Chappelle has ever like you know really looked into reading about you know like queer identity politics or you know like trans identity or like what that means or what it even means when people say like gender is a construct like i i i i really don't think he's ever read like like a book or articles about like what people are talking about when they say that um because if he did like he wouldn't have the stance that he does right i think it's just just because somebody has a microphone doesn't mean that they know about what they're talking about is what i'm saying um but now that i said don't listen to stand-up comedians here i go talking about my politics um no but really what i really what i wanted to talk about wasn't uh just specifically what i believe in, in the political arena what i wanted to talk about was how how i came to believe these things right and most of that has to do with my identity as a biracial person. And if you're biracial or if you're, you know, multiracial or just multicultural, like maybe you're from one culture but grow, but grew up in another, this is going to probably sound very um, familiar to you. But I think if you're biracial, the problem with how you consume media and politics and information is that a lot of the world is set up through this idea of us versus them, right? Like there's us and a them and a lot of governments and people in power, I think really like, really like <laughs> push that narrative because in a propaganda way, because I think it really stokes this very ancient and biological thing in all of us. Cause we are, you know, just like, primal we're, we're primates right we're tribal animals and we our brains want to think of like us versus them it's, it's the other tribe and you see i think you see that happening a lot like in america you see it happening with the huge emphasis placed on republicans versus democrats and it's just ridiculous because it's like the same thing at this point or, you know, all parts of the world, there's like conflicts between, you know, like in Korea, it's like Korea versus Japan versus China or like, you know, Israel, Palestine, like people really, really fall into these things, these ideas of there's a very clear cut, clean us and a very clear cut, clean them. And we are not them. And it makes us feel good that we're not them because they're bad and we are good. 
But the the thing about being biracial, especially if you are mixed with a white culture and a not white culture, is that from birth, you do not have the privilege of being an us or a them. You're just not, you're both. And so your identity never, you don't have the advantage of having this like group list of things that you're supposed to hate and supposed to love as a this person because you're a this and a that person, you know? And what I mean by that is, you know, the example that I had with Korea, like Koreans fucking hate Japan because of the fucking genocide and the Japanese imperialism, right? And not obviously not all Koreans, actually most Koreans, especially young Koreans don't even give a shit. Like I would say this is just like a very small group of fucking Koreans that are probably my age or a little older that had parents that directly lived through imperialism and and the Korean War, but for some reason they don't hate Americans. But um nationally, Koreans are known to have this national beef with Japan, right? And every few years it like springs up in the news, like when they were fighting about Tokto, like the island that who who knows or like if you go to Japan, um they know if they see your last name is like Korean, then they'll treat you bad and they're racist against Koreans and it's like this beef, right? And it's a very clean cut Koreans versus Japan. In Japan, even if you're ethnically Korean and you if even if you live there for a few generations, they mark it on your national ID. Like it, it's uh, very, very us versus them. But for me as a biracial person, like when I'm with my Korean family and they're like talking shit about Japan, I'm like, yeah, fu- fuck them. They committed genocide on us. But I, I don't I can't really say that because I'm also half white American and America dropped two fucking atomic bombs on Japan and put Japanese Americans in internment camps. Like that's my that's my people, right? So as a biracial person, I don't get the privilege of like a Korean person being like I can say I am Korean, I hate Japanese people because that's what I was born into. This is my feud. You know, I have to like perpetuate this the mom and dad drama from a, a hundred years before I was born. I can't even say that as a biracial person because I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess they did commit genocide on us. But then we kind of fucking nuke that. Like, who am I? Am I a, am I a us or a them? Am I a good guy or a bad guy? Right. And um, that has really informed so much of like how I view the entire world. And uh, it, it's a lot of confusion and a lot of I can't really participate in any of this, <laughs> um, which like I said, is a is a huge disadvantage in a way because I don't get to ever belong fully to anybody. But I think it's a huge advantage in a way because I get to kind of step away from that and view it from this place of like, well, I can't really join in. And so I guess I'll just watch you guys from over here. And I think from having a lifetime of that, what I realized was, oh, this this is all kind of bullshit, right? Like, like, it's not bullshit that like Japan committed genocide in Korea and Koreans are mad about that, that like they should be mad about that and they have the right to be mad about that. But like how it plays out in the governments is bullshit. And it's kind of propaganda. Right. Like Korean, the Korean government is so against Japan because they won't admit to the comfort women thing. But then like I like looked into it and it was sort of. uh 
the the fault the nuance gets very cloudy and the fault doesn't look very clear and clean cut and it made me sort of analyze the the whole conflict between the two nations in a different way i was like wait but it it looks like a lot of poor korean men that were living in the port cities were actually kidnapping the korean women and sending them to japan to make money off of that and like obviously we can't really blame them because they were living under imperial japan but like that's not nothing we have to discuss that what does that mean then are they the bad guys too or are they the victims and then I discovered that 10% of the comfort women were Japanese women themselves who were poor. So Japanese people were doing it to their own people, too. So what does that mean, then? Are the Japanese people, they're, they're their own victims, too. And, and all of that gets really cloudy. And there's no clean-cut us versus them, which is what I already felt like as an outsider. And then I'm coming into these situations like, hey... Japan, Korea, why do your governments want you to feel this way when it was actually both of you had like a hand in it? And yes, at the end of the day, Koreans were the overall oppressed group of people. And I'm not going to deny that, right? Like they literally, 2 million people were genocided. But like, what is the, what is the like, what's the like end game of your systems of government perpetuating this hatred between you, you know? And it's like, I'm not going to deny that any of that happened. And it's like important that people are frustrated and angry. But it's like, what what do the systems of government and the, the people that are like ruling over us, what are they gaining from us uh, wrapped up in this anger and hatred of each other? And um, that leads me to my very core deep belief about politics it's just one thing and then i'll be done i'm sorry this is like so fucking weird i feel so stupid doing this actually because i feel like i'm i'm not like i'm not smart you know but um my core belief is that all of these things are important all, all of these human beliefs that we have are important the people that were victims um deserve deserve uh reparations in in every form in every group you know every indigenous people that were colonized everybody that had a genocide committed against them and the people that did that must pay the governments that did that to them must pay right i believe that uh it's extremely important but i think the truth behind all of it is that i think a lot of the people in power use these very human emotions that we have of tribalism hatred othering other groups feeling oppressed, wanting to oppress other people, wanting to uh, like uh, annihilate other people because you know there those are human emotions too when you want to get rid of an entire group of people and we have those feelings all humans can understand where those feelings all come from. But I, I think the people that are in charge manipulate our um, human emotions into getting what they want, which is essentially money. And that's it. Right? We're all we're all over here arguing about the fucking comfort women. But meanwhile, the government of fucking Korea is in bed with the government of Japan to whatever to to like volley against China because they want to make more money and keep them away and whatever the fuck. And uh, you know, like 
we're all over here, you know, supporting Palestine and trying to like make sure that, you know, the Jewish diaspora feels supported and not uh, and try to keep anti-Semitism down and also anti-Muslims like crimes down because, you know, obviously after 9-11, those went through the fucking roof and we, we care for each other or uh, or we're feeling angry at each other or whatever. Meanwhile, the fucking government is like the guy that owns Lockheed Martin made a billion dollars last weekend because his stocks went through the roof. Do you know what I mean? And it's like it's like all of these things are just like uh distractions that the people in charge are happy that we're doing that and we're like killing each other over because at the end of the day they want us to be distracted by that so they can fucking buy something or sell something and own this land and put more money in their banks you know that's that's like my belief and like if you look at it the world through that especially the american government i think everything just starts to make sense you know why can't we have health care because there's a billionaire that needs to make a billion dollars every time somebody takes a shot of insulin. You know, it's there's nothing hard about cutting that guy out of the deal. They just can't because they work for him. You know, why can't we have like free higher education? Because it's a billion dollar industry where they every single American goes into hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. So some billionaire can have another yacht. You know, that, that's all that's all it is. The reason we can't have those things is because all of our money needs to go into the pocket of a billionaire or like a multimillionaire somewhere. The reason we can't have ceasefire is because somebody needs to make money on those fucking missiles. And even when they tell you, oh, it's like whatever, it's because Israel needs to find the hostages. That's not why. Right. That that's that's not why they don't give a fuck about the fucking hostages. They don't give a fuck about anybody. They don't give a fuck about the children that die in america but they're not going to take the guns away why because the guy that fucking owns the fucking gun company needs to make a billion dollars tomorrow they 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 don't care about israeli hostage they don't care about palestinian children they don't care about american children they don't care about fucking korean women that were raped they don't care about japanese women that were raped none of the governments of the world care about any of that they just care about the fucking money that's it and so it's like we so, you know, I, I just personally feel like, why do, why can we just get like a new government? And, and, and you know, the, the, the fucked up shit about this whole like us versus them thing is like the people in Israel are protesting because they, they're like, why isn't the government uh, finding the hostages? Bitch, because the government doesn't care about the hostages. And the Israeli people are like, we just care about the fucking hostages. Also, we don't want you to kill all these fucking Palestinians. Can you just fucking find the hostages? And the Palestinians are like, why the fuck are you like committing a genocide on all of us? Like, don't you care? Of course they don't care. They just want to clear out the fucking land, that land. So I don't know what, whatever the fuck they're going to do there. It's literally like the fuck that shit is like the governments of the world literally say shit like this to our faces, you know? like it's not it's not about it's like the people of the world want one thing we all want one thing for all the kids not to get killed and the governments and the rich people need that to happen because they want to sell the fucking guns and the fucking bombs like and it's like we're against those people like those are who we're fighting against the people who make money off of the fucking missiles not the fucking Jewish people, for God's sake. 
you know, most of whom do not want this either. And it's like, and I think it's, I think literally seeing the world like this is actually a byproduct of me growing up, not being able to jump in fully to any community of this world. You know, like I can never, I can never belong to Koreans. I'll never belong to white Americans. Let's all be honest. The nobody's claiming me. So I had to like, look at it from the outside. And I was like, Hey guys, uh, I don't mean to scare any of you, but I don't think any of your people actually give a shit about you either just because you all look like them or you have the same fucking religion. I think these fucking care about the fucking billion dollars they're going to get from selling fucking missiles, taking this land and putting a canal through it or whatever the fuck. Just, just, just telling. And the fucked up shit is if I say something like that, everybody's mad at me. They're like, no, they don't. They care because they're Korean like me. Bitch, they do not. These are the same Koreans that gave your fuck it, that kidnapped the women and gave them to the Japanese. Shut the fuck up. It all boils down to that. Why'd they do that? For 30 bucks, probably. Anyway, that's my deep political belief. It got a little unhinged, but just, just, I, I think we just have to stop and like, don't give any power or, uh, don't even try to argue with the government just be like bitch you, if you want the fuck the, the fucked up shit about the whole thing the governments and the billionaires and stuff it, the fucked up shit is that most human beings if they just told us we're killing all these fucking children to make a billion dollars we'd be like just fucking take the billion dollar we'll give you the goddamn taxes you know you want 14 billion dollars from american taxpayers we'll give it to you just don't fucking kill like just fucking don't do that like, nobody in the world. It's like they're scamming us, and it's just like, we're just like, don't. We'll give you the fucking money, man. You want money? Is that what you want? We'll give it to you. There's all of us in the world, you know, and as, like, the capitalism, like, starts to get out of hand... None of us can even barely afford to fucking eat in America. All our money goes to, like, taxes just so a fucking billionaire can make make that money. But we would all get, we would just all give it to them anyway if they just didn't, like, do this fucking horrible fucking shit. But, like, they can't even be honest and say just give give us your money and they have to fucking go around doing a fucking genocide and now we have to like watch children like with their fucking heads blown off it's so fucked up fuck really messes with me that everything in this world is just for some rich person to make more money it really messes with me because like i think they just don't understand that like if they just we would give it to them. We would give them all the fucking money. We would just be indentured servants forever, which we already are, if they just stopped fucking killing people over it. If they actually really fucking focused on bringing back the fucking hostages, which, by the way, have done nothing to do that. Fucking, I feel like I'm going insane. I, I'm going fucking insane. I, I don't understand how anyone could not go insane right now. 
Anyway, that's like what how I th- how what I think about the world. I hope that wasn't too fucking stupid, but that's it. Bye.